This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the September 6th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to finish part two of our deep dive slash mailbag pod. With me to do so again is Ryan Kanas. What's up, man? Uh, just working on projections for the draft guide. Uh, starting to think about auction values because hoops drafts are coming right up. So, yeah, we are. We're almost there. Uh, a lot of people. I'm in the. I like to draft early. Uh, you know, it feels like, especially Yahoo, they always kind of level off um, guys who have higher ADPs. They kind of take it on the fly. ESPN kind of just six with it for really all their sports um they pretty much just they have a really good projection model for football but they don't yeah. really like like all the buzzy sleepers espn doesn't really bump up too much while yahoo does so i don't like that i draft buzz like madman as everyone who listens to me knows so yeah it really affects it's like, how i draft it could be fun to pick early too because you got those guys as you're saying the buzz guys that you think might break out but and before everyone gets a taste of that in preseason and so forth you know, you, you lock them up with late-round picks, and if you draft the day before the season, they might be going three rounds earlier. Yeah, and I think they bumped up Bam like a good 20 picks on Yahoo already. Uh, Shea went from 91 to 75, I think he's at now. Not so surprised, Two of my yeah. favorite guys are already on the rise. And um, Actually, Ira Windeman wrote a story about comparing Bam to Alonzo Mourning, which I'm going to be reading right after this podcast. Uh, so, obviously, love Bam. Uh, so if you missed the first edition, definitely listen to it. It was one of my favorite pods we ever did. Uh, I just love deep dive stats, and you, you're awesome at it. Um, so we're going to kind of do the same thing, and it's not stale. And nothing's really going on right now. Um, so we couldn't hit everyone. So we're going to kind of talk about uh, – we're going to focus on the Celtics most on this pod, and then some other big men as well as we run through this. So let's talk Boston here. Obviously, the big news is Horford's gone, Kyrie's gone, Kemba's in, Cantor's in. So you look at their usage rates, and it's pretty much a wash, more or less. Um, uh, you consider the fact that Cantor was not in a really good team, except when he went to Portland, and then Kemba was on a terrible team. Uh, Kemba's usage rate was 2.2% points higher than Kyrie's, and Cantor was also 3.1%. So given the circumstance, you kind of call the usage a wash. So for your Tatums and your Haywards and all that, I'm not really looking at on-court, off-court usage. Um Maybe I'm looking more on-court, off-court efficiency and just overall style, I guess. So uh, what do you make of, uh, I guess, um, Kemba, Cantor, and really, uh, or anybody else that intrigues you in this situation? Yeah, well, I guess start start with Kemba. And I think he takes a slight hit in Boston, if only because I don't think his usage will be quite as high as it was in Charlotte. I don't think he'll have the ball quite as often. I mean, he was a very dominant ball player. I don't know if you... I should have queued up some minutes on ball stats yeah, for him. but he was number two behind Harden. Uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And, you know, they're going to emphasize Jason Tatum as a playmaker. They're going to... They have a much more balanced offense, I feel. So... Also, I could see his minutes dipping down a little. I mean, Kemba was playing huge minutes in Charlotte. He's been very durable, but that's not really Boston's style. They're 
they're more sp- spread it out. I think Kyrie only played 32, 33 last year. So even if Kemba gets 33 minutes, that's fine. Hopefully it keeps him healthy. Um, so I don't give him too much up, up or down. I think maybe a slight hit there. Um, as for Cantor, I, I've never liked him for fantasy purposes because all he really gives you is boards and field goal percentage. Um, doesn't hurt your free throw percentage. That's nice if you're building a team and you need a center who won't tank you there. But otherwise, there's no blocks, no steals, no assists. Never have been, never will be. So even if he gets into the 26, 28-minute range, which I think is reasonable, he's not going to take all of Horford's minutes from last year. They've got guys like Robert Williams who can step up. Uh, Daniel Tice they re-signed. I think they like him enough to give him solid, solid run. But if Cantor get into that 26, 28-minute range, I think a late-round pick is reasonable, right? I wouldn't reach for him at... 60 or 70 or even 80 really but if he was there in the later rounds i'm okay with it yeah again ideal you're pairing him with a miles turner or, or gobert somebody like that who could block shots because he's not going to really do that for you and we talked about this on a couple previous pods where we think he may have a shot to shoot threes because he kind of does have that 16 to 20 footer in his bag already so extending out a good four or five feet you know it's not outlandish to think that's going to happen uh, and just to confirm um Lillard actually passed Kemba for touch time, um, and then Westbrook also. But we're talking point two minutes, so and then Harden by far was way ahead. Um, yeah. So the other thing with Kemba, we talked about the reverse side of this with Kemba being really the man in PNR, uh, and Boston doesn't run that. Um, they've been bottom ten in each year synergy track PNR ball handler possessions, um, bottom seven in the last three. Um, again, probably a personnel kind of a thing with Kyrie and everything like that. Uh, but Boston, really, their whole Brad Stevens time, they're kind of even everywhere. Like, they don't run a lot of handoffs. They don't run a lot yep. of PNR. They don't run a lot of um, spot-ups. They're just kind of middle everywhere. Um, so we'll see if that changes for, again, the guy who's really been one of the most dominant pick-and-roll ball handlers uh, in the league uh, since that stat's been tracked. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, his minutes are going to drop a tad. I think his efficiency will go up. Um, we saw Kemba mostly in his career – He's pretty good uh, catch and shoot guy, uh, so I want to see that kind of increase. And I think he has a shot at you know one of his best field goal percentage seasons, um, maybe um, one that one monster year notwithstanding. Um, so yeah, I like him uh, again. Like we said, uh, really all along, if you pick at that turn, I really like going Kemba there. Um, ideally, I think I would go Drew if he falls, um, and then Kemba and start that way, or go you know. Go bear if you want a big or whatever, but he's definitely a guy I consider myself targeting. Highest, highest he's ever been pre-draft, you'd say, right? I mean, he's consistently been a guy you could get in in the twenty twenty-five range. I feel like for um, um, draft value, yeah. Um, well, I had him pretty high last year. I think I had him at fourteen. Yeah, you had him around the turn, and he worked out. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm good with him again, man. Uh, Yeah, I don't think again just uh. He's so reliable, and that's just that's really what I'm focusing on. That's it. That's fair. I was just I'm okay. just pointing out you're not really getting him as like a steal at this point, no. but he's a guy you can pencil in for top 15 value. So if you get him at 15, that's great. Yeah, I don't think I don't see how anyone lets him go past 20. Just because no, yeah, not not this getting. year. Coming yeah. off, yep, yeah. two solid years, three years. Yeah, he hasn't really been if early in his career. He was just terrible. Um, you know, he's in the 30s. For the first four years, but he really turned it on. Forty-three um, percent each of his last two. Again, it's gonna hurt, but not catastrophic. Uh, and then at forty-four, so I think I honestly think forty-five percent is doable if he does cut down on those pull-up threes and everything like that. So 
Uh, I'm in on him. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Jason Tatum. There was a really cool graph I had spotted a couple months ago that tracked his shot uh, quality. So it's off play by play stats, which I know you and I are quickly growing fond of. Um, and overall, you look at basically his rookie season, he was excellent to start the year with shot quality. Just open looks, layups, good looks, making him. Uh, and then last year to start the year, he was really one of the bigger busts in field goal percentage to start the season. Did kind of trend up a little bit, trended back down, uh, and then he, he was just all over the place. Didn't really show any growth. Uh, so I was trying to figure out why. And uh, But he did get a little bit better later in the season, but it was just off that bad start. So the big difference why he got better late in the season was a 12% decrease on his mid-range shots after the break. That has to be big. He has to keep those mid-range shots out of his game. Uh, we saw last year the big story was him working out with Kobe, uh, which which may have been a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also he had a, a 3% increase of shots at the rim after the break. Um, and overall, his I looked at like his shot uh, shots defended, like tight defense, pretty much the same. Um, so you're pretty much, if you draft Tatum, you're banking on just, again, cutting out that, that mid-range game, possibly more ball handling possessions. Um, you know, he's pretty durable in his career, too, so that's nice. Perhaps a little bit of a minute increase. Um, but, yeah, you're not going to expect... I don't think he's going to be uh, uh, 20 points per game score. I think, you know, 15.7 last year. I think 18 might be in possible. Um, you know, going to get probably 1.3 steals, something like that. Um, yeah, he should be solid. But nothing... Not, I don't really see him being kind of a superstar pick. But, yeah, if he's there in, like, round five or six, I'm interested. Oh wow! I don't see. I don't think he'll fall nearly that far, right? No? He's no. He's been durable. Sure, he he tweaked an ankle with Team USA. He's gonna miss a couple games, but it doesn't seem serious. He's only missed five games in two NBA careers, so durability is hugely important for you and I both. Should be for most fantasy owners. So that's a big boost. So last year, cumulative, he was already top fifty, and he's about to get a boost. I mean, they've been talking him up with the ball in his hands more. I don't. I just think he could have his best year yet. I, Twenty points is a high bar, but I'm with you. I think 18 points. He could flirt with two threes a game, get up to seven boards, close to three assists, uh, over a steal a game, and maybe almost a block. He had 0.7 blocks per game last year in 31 minutes. If he gets up to 33, 34, I could see that happening. And as you said, you know he'll figure out wh- where his most efficient spots are. There might be a bit of a learning curve as he adjusts to playing with Kemba, but. Ultimately, I think that's going to be a benefit uh, yeah. versus versus playing with Kyrie. So there's a lot going in his favor. I feel like he's got a lot of fantasy tailwinds. So I'm with him earlier. I mean, if he's there in round five, I'll, I'll be absolutely thrilled. Okay. Um, I think late late third, I'd probably jump on him. Yeah, so also just to finish on the usage point, uh, he only had more than 30% usage just twice on the whole season. Um, so he's never. Really, I don't think he's going to be that guy who's going to score a whole bunch. Yeah. He'll be, you know, probably t- maybe his usage comes up a little bit to maybe like twenty five, twenty six. But um, yeah, and it, that's fine. Uh, I'm just concerned with his efficiency. And uh, one player I'm going to take over Tatum, and I'm pretty sure you know who I'm going to say. Uh, kind of a similar position. We, he's like we talk about it in every podcast. Kelly Oubre. Yep. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Uber, yeah, Uber, I'll take Tatum. Tatum all day there. Okay. All right. I like this. We. <laughs> yeah. Uber is my guy. Um. So yeah, I, I'm not. Opposed There's someone to else him. we talked about. Oh, Otto Porter. I believe I said I would take over him. Okay. I, I might take Tatum there. It's just because I'm really high on Uber. I, I mean, I guess round five. 
I, I may take Isaac there as well. I just don't think I'm going to see myself taking him for where yeah, I'm, just, I'm not too sold group. on his ceiling, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I get the, I like the floor, though, for sure. I think he has probably one of the best floors out there. Uh, and I, I do think he will kind of... Although his shot selection and, and with Team USA hasn't been great either from what I, I haven't seen everything, but yeah, I'm not too sold there either. And you mentioned the ankle. It looks like he's going to be okay. That looked really scary. Uh, when it went down, but it looks like he's going to be okay. Yeah, he said he was already feeling better after the game. Yeah. He was didn't wear a boot or anything, so yep. should be okay. Yep. Uh, let's move over to Marcus Smart really fast. Uh, we saw him really increase his three-point shooting last year. Uh, big reason why is he cut down on his pull-ups. Uh, he cut down his th- pull-up threes by 33% after the break. Um, he, wasn't actually wide, he was actually more wide open before the break than after the break, which I thought was interesting. Um, so he was just overall getting better at hitting shots. Uh, I'm interested in Marcus Smart. Had the you know minor injury, should be fine for camp and everything. Uh, you know, could it be good steals numbers, perhaps more chances to pa- uh, pass out a little bit. Uh, we saw his assist drop last year, um, so I-, I-, I like him. You know, I could see a, a guy who has 1.8 steals last year. Uh, maybe he gets closer to 30 minutes. He gets close to two steals. Um, if he shoots even over 40. percent uh, from the field, you're going to be in pretty good shape there. So I'm, I definitely like. I, I could see myself taking Smart. Yeah, there's a chance he starts. You mentioned the three point shooting improving. That was really key. Was just him getting his percentages up a little bit, and he shoots so many three pointers that that's that's crucial for him. So instead of just tanking you in that category, he was just a minor net negative. Uh, so if he can keep that up. That would be very impressive. I'm a little bit worried about him. He hurt his calf with Team USA, tweaked it again recently. May have just sat out on Thursday because the game didn't matter. But he's going into the season with a with a minor injury. He's had a couple of years where injuries really took the wind out of his sails. So I'm a bit concerned about that. He's probably going to have an increased workload. He could start, right? We've, we've spoken about that yep. before. Yep. Uh, I think Jake King from The Athletic has, for now, um, which could change. And it'll probably be, we know Brad Stevens, he'll, he'll probably play the matchups. You know, yeah. If it's, if it's not a ball-dominant point guard um, right. facing me. doesn't have to be in every night lineup yeah, sort of thing. If he wants a little more size uh, up front, and then, you know, maybe if there's like a really good six-man. It's like maybe a team, like a team against the Clippers. Like it makes yeah. sense to bring Smart off the bench, put him on Lou Will, kind of pair him that way. So And but, he's he's probably going to be busier. His usage last rate dropped to close to his career low as a rookie. It was 16.3% down from 214 the year before. So he's got room to, to grow there. You think he's going to have the ball in his hands a little more than he did last year. Uh, his assist percentage dropped from 23% to 188 So I'm expecting minor boosts. His minutes should go back up to close to 30 so I'm with you. You know, a fine guy to target in the late rounds. Yeah, and then also, too, his, his uh, pull-up shots two two seasons ago have also mm. come down. Um, so he's having a steady drop and getting rid of those pull-up shots, which are really yeah, there you go. brutal. So, yeah, it's, he's looking like a good pick. Again, this is late here. So when it's late in the draft, I'm not overly concerned about injuries as much as I normally would be up high. Well, up high, I'm totally worried about injuries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, like, I, like I was kind of saying before, you want – Limited range of outcomes early, and then a lot of ranges of outcome late um, for your value picks is definitely kind of a way to think about it. Uh, moving on to Gordon Hayward, his splits were almost identical with Kyrie and without Kyrie on the season. Um, again, uh, it's going to be a usage kind of neutral thing. We thought at first when the first uh, the buzz was coming around that Kyrie was going to bolt. Um, you know, everyone was like, "Oh, I had tweeted out something about Hayward 
you know, kind of being iffy on him, and a few people jumped on me like, "Oh, Hayward's gonna be really good." Now, uh, Kemba's there, Cantor's there, so I'm I'm kind of off Hayward. I don't really, I, I I'm fine. He's kind of like a miniature Tatum, you know, guy who's gonna probably be pretty okay, um, but won't wow you. Yeah, a miniature Tatum with more years, so we haven't. I mean, Tatum, even though you're not as excited about me as his ceiling, we still don't know what it is. He's 21 years old. Okay. Hey, Hayward, we know who he is. Even if he reaches his jazz days peak, kind of, which I doubt, his ceiling seems to be top 40. So I'm not excited about that. I feel like his name brand is kind of inflated. So he's going to be going in the 50, 60 range. Too rich for my blood. Especially with the, you know, he said his surger- surgically repaired leg feels amazing, quote unquote, this summer. That's great. And hope, you know, hopefully he stays healthy. But why take the risk on a guy with that major injury history? Take a risk on a guy who, as you said, probably won't get a huge boost this year because Kemba came in and soaked up most of what Kyrie did. Yeah, I just don't see it. I don't see the upside. And if someone's going to take a big leap forward, they're going to try to make it Jason Tatum, even Jalen Brown. So I don't know how much room Hayward has to grow here. Yeah, he. one positive is he did shoot the ball very well after the break. Uh, he shot 55% from the field. Uh, that's up from 44% uh, pre-break. Um, only 19-game sample post-break, but still, that that's a really encouraging sign. I think he's good, like, like you said, I feel like he will have a very, very good chance of falling in the 40 to 80 range. You know, so if you really, maybe if you're swinging for the fences in rounds four, five, six, and you want to take somebody safe in round seven, like I feel like he may be someone to take there, but... I'm um, fine with that. If he, yeah. if he drops that far, I just I don't see it happening just because people like him. You said people say, you know, he's going to have a big year. There's that expectation. I'm not really with that. Yeah. Uh, moving on. I didn't write anything down for Jalen Brown because I know I'm going to fade him. <laughs> so um, Neither again, did I. Actually. Yeah. I just, <laughs> just, like, look at his stats. It's just, it's just so empty, man, uh, for a guy that can't hit free throws. Not great on defensive stats, like. Just Fadeville all across the board. Yeah, it's weird because the opportunities there, they keep talking him up, but I, I don't see it happening for him. So yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm just kind of off him. We could leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, anybody else here? Do you, have, uh, do you have interest in Robert Williams? They've I been talking about him a lot. Bit. Yeah, just late <laughs> round flyer. Um, we saw there's some buzz around him. Um, you know, kind of had the first rough offseason as a rookie so now he's kind of more of a quote-unquote professional he may not be the time lord anymore but he will always be the time lord on this podcast um so yeah i i'm down it's just a matter of how late will you go and what other late round sleepers are going to be there kind of thing yeah that's about it i mean a late round guy he was fourth for blocks per 36 minutes after the break last year uh 3.5 per 36 way behind mitch robinson obviously but he was just ahead of anthony davis and miles turner so that alone puts him in play for me, makes me interested. If Ennis Cantor misses time, at the very least, he could be a, a, an interesting streamer for blocks and boards. Yep. Uh, and still Daniel Tice is there. Um, losing Bain. He has a kind of a clearer path to value, but I'm just yeah, not quite probably. sold on that path yet. Um, if you're in kind of a 16-teamer where you are you know, you have a weekly lineup where you could kind of just stash on your bench, I'd be more inclined there. Um, but yeah, I'm not too sold on him. Yeah, Tice also seems like a block specialist to me. Yep. So it's if you want someone safe, take Tice. If you want a little more upside and a guy you could cut if it doesn't pan out, take Williams. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm not sold on Tice's upside, where 
Williams no, has the upside. No, none at all, so, really. yeah, like, if you're in a 20-teamer or something, I think Tice could maybe, maybe be a better pick. But, yeah, it's either way. It's not really uh, a situation to address too uh, aggressively. Obviously, nothing with Sammy Ojale. Um That's kind of it. Are uh, you into the rookies at all? Uh, Carson Edwards, maybe? No. No, not on, not on this team, not nope. with this coach. Uh, he could get minutes right away, and we saw he was really good in summer league as a second round pick. He has a lot of experience, though. What is he? I think three years. Uh, so um, usually, those guys who have a lot of experience in college tend to do really well in Vegas. It's those guys that are really young, uh, especially yeah. young guys on kind of small schools. Um, dude, they're always guys I want to watch in summer league. Uh, so I think that covers the Celtics. Anything else you want to mention? No, just. Uh, hopefully I get to see Taco Fall play for the main <laughs> nice. Red Claws this, this year. Yeah. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be a treat. Definitely. Him and Bull Bull, a couple big uh, G League guys to watch. Uh, so let's move on to, got some questions about Larry Nance um, when we first put this out. Uh, so just want to talk about him. With him, it's really a, con- a concern of minutes. Uh, he, if, he really made his money last year when both Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson were out. So when Love was actually active, uh, Love played 418 minutes without Nance and just 180 with. Uh, Thompson uh, 814 without, just 384 with. So basically you're saying it's almost a 2.5 to 1 ratio of him being a center without the other bigs out there. Uh, so it, it's a kind of a tough sell for his playing time. However, he, he can really fill it up. Um, per 36 with Love and just a 180-minute sample. Um, 12 points, 11 boards, 2.0 steals, 0.8 blocks. So the steals numbers are great. His assist numbers were really good as well. So it's kind of like you have to just, um, like to steal a tennis term, kind of poke and hope. You know, just grab him, and then hopefully Love gets traded or shut down, Thompson gets traded or shut down, and go. But his upside's really, really nice. Uh, and like we said, you want upside late in your draft. So if you could get him, maybe round 10, I think he'll probably be in that neighborhood. Uh, I'd be interested. I'd be very interested, and in you you just said it all. I have not much to add to that. His very nice steals upside, out of position, dimes and, and steals. Uh, yeah, and then just the question marks. That's pretty much my take is will Kevin Love stay healthy? If he does, might a team be tempted to trade for him? That would turn Nance loose. Be fantastic if you stashed him. Uh, are they actually going to play Tristan Thompson again? And if so, why? Uh, will John Henson actually be given a shot to earn minutes? Like, there's just too many questions in the front court to make him where his actual value could be, which is the 60 to 70 range. Um, but yeah, as a late round big, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, it's just a matter of, I know, um, I think Jonas and Tommy have him really high. And I can't, I can't do it. I got to take it, somebody. Yeah. Who, I'm all about upside late, but like, there's just, it's just so cloudy. I'm pretty much, I guess besides Darius Garland, I've got like almost a full fade on this team. I think uh, Jetty Osman maybe I could get into, or Dylan Windler, and I'll probably be after yeah. him in 30 deep. But I don't know. It's just this team's. I don't like to target teams that are really, really, really bad. Uh, and the no, there's just so many three. unknowns. Yeah. Like, how do you even project what Larry Nance will do this year? <laughs> we yeah. have no idea what the roster's going to be, rotation's going to be. The one thing that does help Nance, he's only 26. And his contract is fully guaranteed through 2022-23. So they do have quite a bit of incentive to play him alongside Garland, alongside Sexton, and see how they all might mesh. Um, so that that helps, but it's not enough to make me actively target him, really. Yeah. 
All right, so let's move on to TJ Warren. Uh, I will let you go first, and I'll clean up what, what you don't put, put down. <laughs> TJ Warren, I have no specific stats about. Uh, just overall thoughts. Not super excited about him. I know Jared's a little bit higher than I am on him. We talked about him the other day. Um, you know, I, I think the minutes will be there. He's been a quiet kind of roto value. I, uh, more unknowns, like will he start alongside Lamb and Brogdon? I assume it's yeah, kind of an I think so. yeah, kind of a, a curious roster there. So I could see him doing well, particularly early when Oladipo is out. After that, I think Lamb might cut into some of his minutes. Um, we'll see if. I don't think Doug McDermott really has the juice to to threaten his minutes too much. So I think it's a good spot for him. And he's just such a boring guy to pick to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, how else to put it. But if I can get him in the middle rounds, I guess fine. So the biggest thing to me with Warren is injury history. So I kind of dug this up here. Uh, last year, obviously, hurt on January 22nd with a right ankle injury. Shut him down, didn't play at all. Also had four games in November for a right ankle. Again, both right ankle, so something to watch there. The right ankle is kind of the key here. Uh, 2018, he had a left knee injury, end his season in, on March the right. 20th. Um, and then also had, um, this This was a real injury, though. Like, he left that game with an injury. They did call it day-to-day, which I thought was weird. And day-to-day on the 20th, shut him down for the season. Um, so, shading this on the Suns. Uh, he had the one of the most bizarre injuries in 2016 when he had that concussion. Uh, that kept him up for 13 games. Uh, but, you know, I know our whole Rotor World crew was like, what's going on with TJ Warren? Obviously, concussions yeah. are nothing to play with. Uh, and then again, January 2016, right ankle, season ender. They call it a foot injury. So, kind of a misdiagnosed, missed relayed injury. Uh, so, really, the big question for me is. How much is this on the Suns? How much is this on Warren? If it's on the Suns, I like Warren. If it's not, I'm a little bit sh- a little bit bashful to take in. Um, really, the big thing too last year was three pointers. Uh, he made 43% from three, uh, 1.8 trades, destroyed his uh, previous career highs. Year before that, just 22% with 0.3 makes. Year before that, 0.4 on 27. Uh, he actually hit 40% uh, four years ago, but that was on a much smaller volume. So I like him, man. I, I think he can. We saw him play a decent amount of four with the Suns when they went small. Uh, I think he can play minutes there. Uh, obviously, they have the DeMontis Sabonis at the four. Uh, I think he could definitely take minutes at the four from TJ Leaf and over Doug McDermott. Uh, so I'm not too worried about his playing time. It's real, and I'm not really too worried about his production either. Uh, I'm just worried about him staying on the court. Uh, and there is a lot of reasons to be worried about that. Again, <laughs> the multiple yeah. right ankle injuries, knee injury ending the season. But, I mean, this guy, for to make and he took so long. There, there are other injuries, too, that look minor that he missed two games over, uh, kind of just here and there. But those are kind of the major ones. So I, um, I'm into it, but it has to be at a value. Yeah, if you're risk-averse at all, just walk away. He's played <laughs> he's played no more than 66 games in five NBA seasons. That's, you know, it's not like, oh, one or two seasons in the league he's missed uh, 20 games. No, all five years. Like, that's too big of a sample size to write off. Also, weird that the, the fact that he's a productive player on a reasonable contract and the Suns were, like, couldn't get rid of him soon enough. A 25 year old. They had to throw guy. in stuff to get rid of him. Yeah, much. they paid to unload. It was very strange. So, yeah. he, you're right. I don't know if it's partly just the Suns being Sunsy, <laughs> but it, it certainly is a red flag. Um, so. If he falls to the late rounds, fine. I'd 
Yeah, it's it's funny because I'm with you. The production is great. He doesn't turn the ball over. Percentages are good. Uh, just enough steals and boards to make you like, okay, whatever. Uh, the threes increased, so production's there. Minutes should be there. Health, who knows? Yep. Uh, so moving on to Val- Jonas Valachunas. A uh, lot to like here, uh, especially after what he did with Memphis. He was almost like a league winner kind of a guy uh, when he was out there. Um, added about 10 minutes per game in Memphis. Uh, went up to 28 minutes from the 18.80 he played in Toronto. Um, and just overall, just monster, monster numbers. Uh, he went for 20 points, 11 boards, 1.6 blocks on 54%, 55% from the field. And then mm. 77, like that's like, you take that in like the second round uh, almost uh, with that kind of big man production. Um, even had a little .33s. Um, so it's not nothing. It's not, you know, you're getting a three a week, which isn't much, but hey, he'll take it. Uh, so what do you make of him on this team that's kind of turning the corner with both just reloading their roster and different style of play, really? What do yeah, you think? JV was fantastic. I'll, I'll be interested to see where his average draft position comes down because if it's, you know, it's going to be inflated because of that monster finish to last year. If it's too high, I'll probably walk away because what we didn't see is him playing alongside Jaron Jackson Jr., who got shut down in mid-February with the quad injury. So they, uh, JV and, and Jaron Jackson shared the court for 28 minutes total. So we don't know how that's going to work out. There's no way to deep dive those stats except to say, you know, try to find coach quotes, which I couldn't, and uh, try to see, you know, Jackson Jr. last year shot 35% from deep. JV was 29%. Can they share the, the front court together effectively for stretches in today's NBA? And on the other side, defend the perimeter? I'm skeptical. The net rating is a tiny sample size, 28 minutes, but their net rating was atrocious, like negative 30-something. Um, so that, that'll be something to watch in the preseason. And yeah, so JV's a fine mid-round center to target, but I guess I'm, I guess I'm a little bit nervous. He only does need, what, 25 minutes, really, to hit value. Yeah, if, so he, if, if you told me yeah. you're getting 80 games of JV at 25 minutes a game, you could probably say fifth round, maybe even fourth. Yeah, you could make make a case for top 50 value, honestly. Yeah. So, and I, I think, are you are you are you into Jaron Jackson at all? I am. Uh, I have guys that I'm. I have. He's like kind of in the back end of the power forwards. I want like obviously I want Bam more. Uh, I want Pascal more. And then it kind of gets into the... I like, obviously, John Collins more. Uh, and then I'm kind of into him there. Um, like, I, I've been saying this a while. Like, third round's like a, the power forward slash center round. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be really into those guys. Hope, maybe I could s- hopefully sneak Bam in the fourth. Um, but I don't... And I, even Draymond in the fourth. Like, there's a lot of other guys. But, yeah, it's... I mentioned before, Jaron Jackson's block rate has decreased really throughout the season last year. Um but I'm in, I'm buying it though. I think he's going to be a little bit better. He can he can space the floor too, so that's going to be a positive. Uh, they're also really the big story with him is as he said is ball handling. Uh, so I think that potentially could help open up JV and kind of let him dominate inside with not seeing as many doubles and stuff like that. So yeah, I think he's in a pretty good spot. It's just a matter of the roster turnover is a little concerning though. You see all these new parts and. Brandon Clark looking amazing, MVP of Summer League. Uh, we saw him, again, play a lot of five with the coaching staff there, which we've talked about before. So uh, I like his floor, you know, uh, and I, I like his ceiling too. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of into JV. 
I'm with it. I'm with you too. And uh, in terms of Jackson Jr., I think you mentioned the block rate decreasing because he was great in November. In I think 15 games, he blocked 2.4 shots. That fell off really badly, especially in January, February when his minutes went up. But he also did have that quad injury, so I think he probably lost some of his bounciness. Uh, we even saw his shooting percentage kind of dip at times. So I, hopefully he's more that November player that we saw. I think he is. So I'm with you. I think the ceiling is super high here. I also fear that there are too many good blocks guys. Like I'm, I'm going to be very high on Miles Turner again. So if I'm getting these guys in the early rounds, I don't think I'm going to be in a position to draft Jaron Jackson Jr. But I hope I, I have some shares. Yeah, uh, I'm also really high on Turner. I forget who I did. I think it was Jared or something. A couple people aren't high on Turner. Like a couple people have him as a third rounder. I have him as a second. It sounds like you do too. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I don't. I'm not I'd sure. Happily well. take him there. Yeah, man. Again, uh, I I mentioned before he shot great when he was next to Sabonis. His blocks did go down with Sabonis late in the season, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, but better conditioning though. DMPs, I'm not worried about. So I'm yeah, yeah I'm loving him. Let's... It's not like he's like I said in the, uh, a couple when we did the the weird stat pod like with Zach Collins. His uh, blocks around the rim were really high, so it's not a matter of him like kind of over like shifting around with Sabonis around there. Right. So um, I think he could be pretty good. Uh, and then also just to kind of hammer home the Jaron Jackson point, um, he played a decent amount of center. Uh, he played um, about a, a, almost two. You mentioned the the, the, the twenty eight minutes with with JV, but he played a hundred and eighty three minutes without Gasol and Noah on the floor, kind of as the main centers and really the only other centers that were out there with him. If you count Ivan Rab, I don't. I think he's more of a power forward. So um, he could slot and play next to. He could play you know next to. Clark uh, as a 4-5, however they want to play it at the matchup. So uh, I think those are kind of the three guys I'm looking to grab. And uh, what do you make of Clark, though? Uh, again, just a phenomenal player. He was really one of the best statistical players uh, at Gonzaga last year and then mentioned the Vegas Summer League. Or, or How high would you go on him? It's just a little bit risky to take him with yeah. Kyle Anderson there. He doesn't have a clear path at all. No, and I, I think you mentioned the center minutes that he got in Summer League. You know, he make it a handful there, but with Jaron Jackson Jr., there's a lot of bodies. Kyle Anderson, you said Jay Crowder can play some four. Who knows if they want to play Josh Jackson some. And then they've got JV and Plumlee at the center spot. So just too many bodies. They're, they don't really seem like a team that's just going to unleash him for its own sake. You know, I think the development will be slow and measured. And there will be times when he has really good runs and times when he fades and so therefore, I think more of a pickup guy. I don't think I'm going to target him on draft day, but I, I love his upside. I'm never too high on rookies, but I think he's got all the the tools in his bag to be great defensively. You know, needs to improve as a sh- as a shooter. As I said, he shot 25 percent uh, in college, or maybe that was last year with Gonzaga. I forget, but yeah, just just a, either a flyer or a guy I want to target during the season. Yeah, I saw a couple videos of him shooting when he was uh, a transfer before he got to Gonzaga, and it was ugly. He had a really disgusting shot. Um, So he's getting better, you know. So I think over time he could eventually be a guy that has some sort of a jump shot, um, just trending in the right direction. Uh, Let's move on to Wendell Carter Jr. Obviously the injury to his thumb ended the season, has the core muscle thing now, and not really progressing too much. But his floors just could be so, so nice. Uh, Really, he has kind of a... You know, he started out so hot last year, by the way. Um, to begin the season, his first 10 games, he had 1.9 blocks in just 26 minutes. Um, you know, his assists are not nothing in that time, too. He had three assists per, uh, per game as well. 
Um, can rebound, good free throw shooter at 77%, or, um, sorry, what are you shooting the whole, yeah, 80% from the, uh, on the year, uh, again, just kind of a real solid guy, just a matter of staying on the court, um, bad late, play, late season playoff schedule for fantasy, so where do you see yourself taking Wendell, I think, I imagine you're on him a little bit. Yeah, I dig him, he's probably in that second or third tier of bigs, and because his season was cut so short, and it's not the thumb injury that worries me. It's he had that uh, the core muscle injury in, in early July, and he had a quote-unquote procedure to to solve it. There was a six- to eight-week timetable, but we haven't seen him back on the court. And core muscle injuries can be dicey. So definitely want to see him running full speed up and down in actual scrimmages and so forth before before being completely on board there but he said recently he wants to be more aggressive on the offensive end that last year he deferred a lot in quotes so you got to imagine more touches more usage and he does have a very well-rounded game um had a nice connection with zach levine who was easily the his highest assist man so i'm liking him i think you know if i could get him in round four or five maybe that would be a sweet spot well that's pretty high yeah i'd take him in round five Okay, yeah, that's it's probably that's higher than I thought. I was in the same like of, seven. I'm kind of yeah. I guess I'm higher on him. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I love him too. It's just a matter, like you said, that core muscle thing. See, I like to hear that though, because I'm like, ooh, sweet. Maybe he'll fall a little bit, and I'll yeah. get him get him lower than I want him. So, like, would you have him over Derek Favors? No. I don't think I would. Favors is just the the situation in Utah is perfect, <laughs> yeah. and he's actually been durable the past couple of years. So. Or I'm sorry, not Utah, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I like uh, like over Harold. I like um, Wendell over Harold. Uh, I like him over. Uh, well, do you have, I guess we could we'll swing this into Marvin Bagley here, uh, who we yeah, have sure. next. Um, I'd take him over Bagley. Yes. Yeah, I think I would too. Uh, Bagley's going to be pretty, you know, kind of John Collins light um, without really as much efficiency. Um, now, not overall uh, great. He only had 34 um, percent when he was kind of hot. Uh, his best stretch, he only had 34% of his shots at the rim. was kind of a low number for a big man. So I'm not too sold on him being really strong in field goal percentage. Um, we saw him kind of get going a little bit. But not too great on blocks. Not too great um, on free throw percent. Obviously, that's the, the big dinger at just 69%. Um, but, you know, he has it. He's a good-looking shooter guy. Um, enough opportunity with the Kings. But, um, yeah, I don't know. A little, little risky, obviously. Missed some time last year, too. Yeah, it's it's pluses and minuses. So to me, it, I mean, such a young guy, he can obviously improve. He will improve. He's only t- still 20 years old, I think. But uh, his three-point shot was terrific after the break last year, 39% from deep. So that's huge because if he can hit one, one and a half per game, he won't be a drag in that category. You know, forces defenses to, to come out to him. I think that would be a huge boost for him. So that's something to watch. Um can he be a passer? Because if he's, you know, able to eventually draw double teams, he's going to need to be able to pass out of them. After the break last year, per 36 minutes, he had fewer assists than Aaron Baines, Gor- Gorgie Jang, Myers Leonard, and a guy like Jared Allen, who's not known as a playmaker. Um, you know, doesn't steal the ball, as you pointed out. So definite gaps in his fantasy game. If he can start to fill them in, great but if he can't i think it really caps him as like a top 100 kind of guy top 75 maybe uh so i don't i think he's going to be drafted before i'm comfortable with him yeah and to add to your point uh if you remember julius randall when he really wanted to handle the ball 
Luke Walton was like, nope, don't do that. Uh, meanwhile, Alvin Gentry, when he had Randall, was like the other way. Like, nope, go ahead, grab it and push. You know? Yeah. So I think That's a good comparison because they could both be 20 and 10 guys. Yeah. You know, not great supporting stats, but it's an interesting comparison. Yeah. Just I want, My point is that I'm not too sold on how Luke Walton could maybe get Bagley to the next level. I do like him, just to throw that out there. Um, yeah. But I, again, there's other guys I would rather have. Like I think you and I may be in the minority uh, on being pro Wendell over Bagley. Um, but yeah, I'm just, like we said, we're a little bit worried about, I guess, uh, the holes to his game, whereas Wendell is just so well rounded. Um, moving on. Uh, and also, he didn't really finish well at the rim, too, which is kind of why he's not. Um, he's, he's still pretty raw. You know, obviously, the, the Kings got killed for taking him over Luka and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Bryant, what do you got on him? Anything interesting? Uh, yeah. Well, let's, I mean, I, I put it start here. I love Thomas Bryant. I think he's gonna have a very nice year. Thirty uh, percent of the assists that he received last year came from Beal, and the Wizards keep talking about how they want Beal to be an even better playmaker. What I think they said eight nine assists per game for Beal. We'll see if he gets there. But the more he's passing, I think the the more it benefits Bryant. Um, another 20, almost a quarter of his assists came from Sadoransky. He's now gone, but I'm not worried about that. They brought in Ish Smith. If Isaiah Thomas can stay healthy, that's more than enough playmakers to feed him easy looks at the, at the basket, which is where he's at his best. He was, uh, 74% shooting within eight feet. The league average is 57%. So he was just phenomenal around the rim. Um, he did start to drift out more three-pointers late in the season, which I thought was interesting. January through April, he started taking quite a bit more top-of-the-circle three-pointers, like almost 50% increase. Still not a ton, but we'll see if he can get there. He was only 28% shooting from deep in that span, so it's probably not something they want to just unleash. You know, He's not going to turn into Brooke Lopez this year. But that'll be interesting to watch, especially because they spent a lottery pick on Hachimura, and he was bad in college from deep until his junior year when he shot 42%. So seeing whether one of those guys can stretch the court will be key to whether they can play together. Otherwise, maybe they start uh, W. Bertans at power forward to just to space the court a little bit. They may start him at the three, last I read with uh, C.J. Miles banged up. But, um, yeah, I think Hutchinson has a really good shot. This is kind of a quick aside. Um, banged up, by the way. Hutchinson is out for the next two games with knee soreness and fatigue. Doesn't sound like it's serious. Because um, yeah, Japan was el- eliminated, I think. So yeah, they're they just had resting. two more games that, that didn't really mean anything, so they just decided to sit him out. So yeah. it's, don't knock him down because of it. Um, yeah, just to your point, like he had 117 dunks last year. 82% of those are assisted. I imagine most of those unassisted ones were off putbacks. Um, and then yeah. 99 layups, 71% assisted there. Uh, 74 jump shots, 92% assisted there. So, yeah, again, just a really almost like a Capella light kind of a guy, uh, maybe with a little bit more range to his game than Capella does, but a guy who's going to need his guards to get him the rock inside. And, yeah, I mean, uh, he's a good free throw shooter. So, you know, you and I like that always. Um, so, yeah, I'm down. He's always going to tick too early for me uh, when I'm kind of mocking. But if he falls somehow, then I'm, I'm down. Um so would you have what's too what's too early for you? Fifth. Yeah, Sixth, I'd say that's too I, there's, early. <laughs> there's just other guys I'm gonna like, I'm gonna be targeting Ubre there. I'm gonna be targeting Jonathan Isaac there. You know, those are just other guys that I feel like I'm gonna be getting that are gonna go in the neighborhood. 
So it's kind of hard for me to say that I'm going to take him. You know, he like when I do my ranking sheet, he'll be ranked probably as like a fifth rounder, just because all yeah. the guys I don't want to draft are going to be behind him, and I do kind of like him. But as far as I'm going to draft other guys that I have higher, so it's just kind of hard for me to to say I'm going to get him. But yeah, I I'd mean, probably I, take Bryant ahead of Wendell Carter Jr. I would. I would. I'd, I'd take him ahead of Bagley for sure. Yeah, I would too. So it sounds like a I'd. Good yeah, no, that that seems like a like a nice range for him. What about trying to think who else? Take him ahead of Nance, obviously. Take yeah, him ahead yeah. of who else we talk about? Obviously ahead of Cantor. Yeah. What about what about uh, J- JV and uh, Jackson Jr. Yeah, um, I would take him ahead. Uh, I'd probably go JV Edge, and then I'd go just right behind Bryant. Uh, obviously, JJJ is kind of a good round and a half ahead of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I th- you know, Brooke, what? I might Brooke, take Brian Brooke, just Brooke just for the Brooke or fun Brian factor. Oh, that's that's good. Brooke Lopez was so darn good last yeah. year. It's weird for me to say, but I think he's just just really found a strange late career groove in Milwaukee. Yeah. So I think I gotta go with him. I'm surprised you had to think about that. I thought you'd be like Brooke done. I just. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I don't really like owning Brooke. I I soured on him for years, but he was just too good last year. You yeah. can't deny what he did. So. What What about Derek Favors in this mix? Uh that's everybody that's except JJJ up. for me. I've, I'm so in on Favors. Yeah, you're. I know you're. All, you're fully down with Favors. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's close. Yeah, uh, I just don't think that Julio Okafor has been uh, mostly vegan. He looks pretty good. I saw him. Uh, Hitting some fadeaway shots over Drew Holiday and stuff. It's just also minutes wise. Where where can Bryant go? I mean, I think foul trouble could be an issue, mm-hmm. but otherwise they have Jan Mahimi, who pretty much shouldn't be playing at this point. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe they play Mo Mo Wagner behind him. Yeah, they talked him up. Is, a is, bit. is that Scott, it? Can Scott Brooks said they wanted to play uh, Wagner a little bit more too. So yeah, but yeah, this team needs people. They need him to score, man. Like it's just a low usage guy. Obviously, it is kind of the, the the unknown part of this team. CJ, like all these guys, are low usage except for Beal. So he, yeah. he has the potential to really be the number two option potentially. Uh, a yeah, if you look number, at the roster, number two. <laughs> Unless Hachimura like really hits the ground running, yeah. I think he he does look like the number two option. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of, there's a lot of lots of like there for a guy who's like I could see him being almost like Harold. For field goal percentage, but he even blocks a little bit more too. So they're probably about a push, but he shoots better from the shoots better from the line there. So yeah, I'm maybe we're a little low on Bryant. I don't I don't know I don't have my ranks in front of me, but I have him pretty high. Yeah, but probably can't share the ranks too much. We're gonna put the draft guide out next week, so you guys have to check that out. Uh, That's um, right. Should be out pretty soon. So um, yeah, anything else you got? No, just like I said at the top, just working on those projections, working on auction values. We got uh, top transaction columns for like every single big trade and signing that w- that happened this summer. Talk about what it all might mean. Injury reports, strategy guides, mock drafts. I mean, if you've had the draft guide before, you know what's in there. And if not, now's the time. Yeah, lots of columns. I think we had like 25 columns in there last year. Uh, should be a pretty similar amount there. Again, uh, rankings are always constantly updated. And, yeah, it should be just a great way to kind of – you can listen to these pods and kind of just actually see where we have them ranked rather than kind of guess. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, if you again, I always say like if you're listening to a fantasy basketball podcast, like you need to be ready for for your drafts coming up. Uh, and yeah, just whatever whatever your league fees are, um, if if you do that sort of thing, not saying that's good or bad, um, you know, worth definitely worth the investment. Yeah. All right, so we're out of here on that. Uh, you guys enjoy your weekend. Football Sunday, uh, despite the lackluster opening night game on Thursday, should be a blast. I cannot wait for that. So you guys enjoy that. And thanks for coming on, man. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... The charcoal mask, great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice, I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.